Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who has just completed a naked ceremonial dance because he has bought a brand new surfboard called the Lost Puddle Jumper. And when you buy a Lost Puddle Jumper, Matt Biolis himself recommends that you do a naked dance in celebration for all of the epic cutbacks, snaps, floaters, little maneuvers that you're going to do in average waves because it is the best Small way board of all time. Yep. I believe. And we're not doing this every week because we, <laughs> because we want Matt to ring us up and go, oh, by the way, guys, we've got some free kit coming your way. Although that would be nice. Hey, guys. Obviously. I don't mind you talking about the boards, but don't talk about the naked dancing. You uh, got me? That's how Matt Byler's talks, by the way. <laughs> that was like the worst impression. Hey, you guys. I've ever. <laughs> hey, you guys. You checked out the new puddle jumper. Sorry, Matt. That's the end of our free boards, anyway. Bye-bye, free boards. Can I just say, he, though, you should be on commission from Matt Bialos and, the, uh, and his Lost Empire for the reason that you must have sold, on behalf of Lost Enterprises, 10 boards? I don't know how many I have exactly, but it's around that amount, given how much I've talked about it. It just, when I first rode the board... What really impressed me was this speed generation on sloppy waves that meant you could then come back. So the thing about surfing is we're trying to kind of come out onto the wave to then be able to come back. That's the kind of basic principle of surfing. You're going one way, then you want to go the other way. You want to change direction. Why do you want to change direction? Because it feels good. If you break it down, other than longboarding, longboarding is a bit different, but essentially all shortboarding type maneuvers are that feeling of going quicker and then a bit slower and then a bit up and a bit down and changing direction, basically. Yeah, and I think for our waves, the Mushburger Town, it is a great option, isn't it? Because it yep. allows you to shortboard, but also get into the wave earlier and to have enough foam to do things on a wave that otherwise would be pretty sloppy. Yeah. I think I'd sent you this, um, maybe the link to this, and I've talked about Ombi and, and Clayton's analysis for a while, but he was sort of telling Anthony, his co-host on that show, a little bit about the fact that the puddle jumper was making his surfing a bit lazy because it's mm. so fast and it gets away from the power pocket so quickly on good waves, whatever that term is. But it was quite interesting to see somebody give an alternative view. But for us on these waves, you love it. I haven't had a chance to surf it properly yet because we've had no bloody waves. Because as I say, that's what the wave gods do. Here's a new board and here's no waves to uh, to make you appreciate it when you do get on it. Well, that was partly why you did the naked dance. Wasn't the, it? the wave dance. It was in part like, yeah. you know, I'm going to get everything out into the open air and really summon some more surf maybe, yeah. which is coming. We have got it forecasted then. waves. It did work. <laughs> it actually did. <laughs> but the flapping of your But Matt was also bits. talking about, I'm going to stop you talking about nudity. Have you purged your um, your fetish yet? Just because you're mm, thinking this no, stuff. No, I haven't. You don't have all. to say it. No, I haven't. It's coming. It's coming. Everybody knows I'm going to be yeah. talking about some form of, Toilety, humidity type Dis- Disrobing, unrobing? Yes. One of the, one, however you say it. Uh, but Matt, who you've referenced a few times, who's got this new community of like uh, surf epic stays, I think he's... Yes, Matt, Matt Smith, check, yeah. Check that out, that's pretty cool. Was only today, at time of recording, talking about the puddle jumper and what he's been doing on it down in, down in Cornwall. It is. He had this thing with me surfing mine that I had with a buddy in the sea where I was on my longboard, just having a few crazy waves, just two foot mushy surf 
which is mostly really what we get in fairness where we live. My mate Tom was on a shortishy type fish type board that we've seen for years. These hybrid boards have been around for years. And yet he was on like pretty small waves with very little power doing these top turns and then cutbacks. And I was watching him going, how the fuck is he doing that? And I know he's a really good surfer. That, that <laughs> I think that helps mostly. How's that Mick Fanning bloke doing those turns on those waves? <laughs> it's, it's mostly the surfer, it is. But at the same time, equipment is a big role to play as well. And I said to him, I said, mate, can I just see your board? And he flipped it over. I looked at the bottom and looked at the dimensions and was shocked to see 46 litres in a 6.1. And then it started to twig and I saw the outline and I saw this shortboard tail with this kind of crazy full deck with these foiled rails and all these things. Anyway, I was like, wow, that, I can see why that works. Then when I rode mine, Matt, who you just mentioned, saw me do the same. He was going, what, how is he doing that on that? How is he making that cutback complete, et cetera, et cetera, on waves that are so slack that we get? He, again, had the same thing I had. I went, oh my God, I've got to get one of those. I've got to get a puddle. So this puddle journey goes on and on. But one thing I would say in reference to what you're mentioning there, Liam, about Ombi is I totally, totally understand and get what they're saying. I really do. I think at the same time, people have absolutely no appreciation just how slack yeah. Sidmouth is because we don't have a pocket. Like there isn't really a wave pocket for us to surf. When you have windswell, it comes in and it doesn't even peel at all. It just crum- it sort of crumbles. So what you're trying to do is just one continual cutback. You never really get that race, lip smack down, bottom turn up, down, etc. What you more get is see if you can sort of foam climb just as you get a little shoulder, then you do a cutter, you do a cutback. And that's kind of mostly what we get as a maneuver. So having like a serious amount of foam under your feet is useful in that way. But what I would say is when we then go to waves that are better, so let's say, well, whatever better is, quote unquote. Performancy. More performancey is that it becomes a little challenging kind of really dropping down your liters then. So I have probably surfed a few too many liters on a certain occasions for my ability. But the way I see things nowadays, I'd rather be just a little too much on the foam side of things than I would be on too little. Because too little is that suddenly you're then not catching waves and you're not completing turns, etc. Yeah, now fair enough. Every four or five waves, you are probably going to do a much, much more high performance turn. That's the benefit in there of riding a more performancey board. But overall, you know, you've got to weigh things up and go, well, was it worth that one wave when I've missed out on those four or five? So in surfboards, we're all in this journey as surfers trying to figure out this board thing because listen you and i've both first to admit this that we've been in the sea and we most of us got this thing called a quiver and you've got these ranger boards you can choose from and you're in the sea and you know deep down as the waves have started to come in or not come in so to speak that you could be on a board that's more suitable for those waves it's one of the challenges is kind of basically accepting the board you're on and enjoying it i've had to really work at that because I do this all the time, as you well know. I, I have this habit of being in the sea on my longboard and I go, oh, I'll say to Liam, oh, it's, I could puddle jump at this. This is puddleable. <laughs> it's become a word now. Yeah. Is it puddleable? Or you've turned your board over and you're looking at the fins going, hmm, should I put some different fins into this? <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah. I saw Oki in a video once say the same thing. So I was like, oh, it's not just me. He came out and he'd been surfing with a buddy of his and he turned to his mate. I don't know who it was, but it said, oh yeah, you, yeah. Do you, you want me to offend him by doing the voice as well? Well, we could do. I'll try anyway. But yeah, mate, yeah, you were definitely better off on the quad. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on the thruster guy. It's a bit slow, a bit slack. I wasn't making my cutties and yeah, you were flying. That was the quad was the one. That, yeah, yeah. And I was like, not just me. Mm. 
thought he was in the room then. That was so good. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Mark? That's Mark Ocalupo, by the way, if anybody uh, didn't recognise his actual voice. There you go. And he's Australian, for the avoidance of uh, doubt. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey. Hey. Or is he Cockney? Because yeah. the Cockney can kind of slip in there too. But we have had a bit of a wager out, haven't we? What's it been like for you? It's definitely an exercise in mindfulness when you've got a new board and you've got no waves. Because you just do look at it, just stare at it and think, oh, I'd like to get that out in the water. I mean, what I've got to worry about now is people seeing this is the surf like no one's watching mentality coming back again. Seeing me on a puddle jumper and going, how is he not completing a cutback on that thing? <laughs> I can't believe how badly he was surfing that thing. <laughs> the thing practically serves for you. We had been surfed out, I think, up until that point. So it hit us at a good time. But in the last sort of few weeks, as, as lockdown sort of released, there have been some really lovely kind of summer vibes upon the North Coast, even though we're still in the springtime. But both of us have missed that as well, because we haven't travelled. Mm. You've had cricket, and I've had stuff to do at home and work and all of that jazz that gets in the way. And you've got this new board that's sitting there sort of burning a hole in your um, kind of surf imagination. We just had to get used to the idea that we're just going to have to wait and get waves when we get them. And uh, it has been a challenge. And you start thinking, oh, I have to work. Can I drive to Cornwall and go get like a yeah. half an hour wait? We're just sitting it out. Well, I am anyway. And just when, yeah. it, when it comes, yeah. it comes. We had a little micro session that we posted online mm-hmm. uh, about a week ago where we did look like the kookiest kooks in Cooktown. Mm-hmm. going in when it was pretty, what, half a foot mush. But there were a few little nuggets of a sensation that you paddle, you catch the wave, you get up on the wave, you're riding the wave, you're with a couple of good people who are appreciative of that sort of condition. You know, we got wet, we didn't get upset, but we are absolutely out of dry, the dry spell of dry spells. We have, haven't we? It's funny the going in when it's tiny thing, because I just love going in the sea. I just want to do that. Yeah. And it's been so wonderful to have met the likes of yourself, the likes of Ollie, who we mentioned a lot on this show, and a couple other mates who will go in when it's minute and, and looking like nothing and whatever, just to be able to get in the sea. And it really is about removing this idea that you shouldn't, quote unquote, go in when it's tiny because it's not, quote unquote, surfable. Well, listen, that's relative, isn't it? to the individual who sees it as doable versus not doable. And for us and for you and for me, going in and getting that, just that little bit of stoke, just from tiny waves is such a blessing. Because if you can get it from half a foot of mush, well, shit, then you can get it from anything. And it's like this whole thing that the happiest people in this world are those who content with little yeah, and with less. So that when more does come, it's just this huge cherry on top and it's wonderful, but you're already, you've already got the stoke. It's about having and creating stoke before there is surf, before you catch a wave. So that when you get into the ocean, no matter what the ocean is doing, you have that stoke already there and it comes back. That's how it works. And you want to try and get that message across to people who seem a bit more stressed about life and seem like they're up in their head all the time, etc. But you know what? In the end, the only thing you can do is be well and live well. This kind of goes on to this lovely quote, which I don't know who it's by. Not necessarily that we're, you know, we're looking for revenge against these miserable people, but just hear this quote. It's that the best revenge is living well. As in the greatest message you could tell the world if you're looking to is just live well mm. and be that surfer that just enjoys anything from one foot to, to 10 feet. What do they call it now when they were talking about, who was it on this uh, Red Bull TV? Chris Cote? Chris Cote does the Monday Mass podcast. They call it a one to 60 it's a sort of J-O-B who will do a foot yeah. and just have an absolute blast or he'll do a 60 foot. Yeah. And it's having that appreciation, just the ocean in general, I think is a really cool thing to have. Yeah, because it's better than watching TV. 
as you were saying. <laughs> yeah. the other. Do you want to stare at half a foot waves and get the odd ride, or do you want to sit and watch some crap on the TV that is going to be there any time, or immerse yourself in news which might make you miserable? Well said. So damn straight. There you go. We're going to do the mindful surf for just a couple of minutes, just to check in with your breathing and. Yeah, just calm everything down, raise the awareness. So take a deep breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. For a moment now, what I want you to do is just really tune into your body and see if you can pick up on how it feels. And in doing so, see if you can just allow anything that's holding and tightening to just release and relax. So just tune into your body and just allow it to relax. Keep tuning in and let it relax. Great work, guys. One of the most wonderful things about mindfulness is that it teaches you how to truly relax. The way to truly relax is to tune into how your body feels and allow it to relax. This is a really interesting thing where people say, oh, just relax, just relax. And you go, well, yeah, you know, um, forcing yourself to relax. It's like, come on, you, you must relax. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be very relaxing. And just enjoy the surf or just just do this or do that. It's, you know, anytime you force anything, it's, it makes it so much harder to do. But when you slow things down to the present, become very, very focused and listen to your body and tune into your body, you'll notice how it holds things like the tummy does this thing where it just if we've had stress in let's say your morning or whatever or let's say you're in the sea and it's crowded and whatever i don't know there's so many things in life where your body starts taking on emotion and yet we're not aware of it until we make it an intention to be aware of it mm. so then when you are you'll notice that it's fascinating the body like i do this thing where my shoulders go really high without me even <laughs> i do not I don't even know I'm doing it. Yeah. I don't. This is honestly amazing. And then I love this. I love how mindfulness and the human mind consciousness, whatever you want to call it, you pay attention to that and you just, oh, and you let them relax. And you notice that the body affects the mind just in the same way that the mind affects the body. So there's this constant symbiotic relationship, body, mind, mind, body, body, mind, mind, body. Thoughts affects the body. Feelings affects the thoughts. And when you really delve into this journey and make it your quest, your number one quest to be as opposed to do, you just feel so much healthier because you realize you do not have to be stressed. And there is really nothing, nothing in this world that needs stressing over apart from if a fucking great lion is running after you because it really ain't. Well, it's that whole thing of perceived stress versus real or perceived danger versus real danger. And the body just can't deal with the stuff that actually isn't real. If you make it real, to the body. You're creating it. 
creating the lion breathing down your neck. And the reality is it's not there. That's been a huge work on. You know, we talk about injuries and there's a big theme for people who are surfing, injuries and things that prevent them doing those, the thing that they love. But also when you go and see a good practitioner, doctor, physio, surgeon, whatever, and there are a few who've done this over the years now, and I spoke to friends who've actually referenced good people who've asked this question, is that they also would say, tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life first. You know, where's the pain points? Where's the stress? As well as it being interested in the actual physical injury, they'll say, tell me, are you stressed? Yeah, okay. How do you sit at work? What are you going through? And certainly from a sort of tightening of fascia and muscle and the knotting that goes on, for me, talking of that sort of swan swimming on, on the surface, gliding and underneath the legs are going crazy. You know, if you're in stressful corporate environments and you're sitting in meetings, you're sort of projecting an air of confidence, but inside your body might be reacting in ways that are causing it to not tighten and so on and so forth. If you don't address that through mm-hmm. meditation, relaxation, massage, however you want to sort of go about that, rather than just hitting the medication of drugs and booze and, you know, hedonism which also does take it out for the short term but if you go from more holistic perspective and start to unknot that stuff rather than allowing it to build up because the less you address it the more it builds and builds and builds and then suddenly something will snap whether that's your mind or your physical body breaking love that dude it makes me think of what is the most stressful thing for a surfer in how we're managing stress as these ocean dwelling creatures that we are and it's not surfing so whether that's work or an injury or flat spell or stress or whatever it might be that's preventing you from getting waves, even when you're in the surf, let's say it's too crowded for you to actually get as many waves as you want. Now, you know, anytime surfers are not getting waves, it's one of their biggest challenges. In the end, it's your breathing and noticing your mind, mm. noticing your body. You can apply mindfulness to every single area of life because ultimately life is the present moment. So it's what's ever happening in the present is applicable to mindfulness because if you're not mindfully aware in a given moment, it's probably likely that your very clever little egoic mind will have control over what's going on in that moment, whether it's that you're not observing the view, whether it's the thoughts you're having about the future stressing you out, whether it's that you're not actually concentrating while you're driving, whatever it might be, dot, 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 insert what you will. And like always, and we said this many times in the show, when you just, oh, where was I? You're back. That's all you got to do. And that's why you got to be so kind to yourself because it's never, ever, ever going to be about trying to stay in that place all day long because you can't. The Dalai Lama can't stay in that state all day long, even though he meditates nine hours a day. He's so much of why someone would be doing that is to honor just how distractible the mind is. And they make it their life's quest to actually just see if they can stay present and alert the entire day. But in a normal life, like the lives we're all living, we become distracted and the mind becomes um, switched off to itself and we become asleep to ourselves. And, you know, when you run into difficulties in the lineup or getting pissed off about your injuries or lack of time surfing or whatever, insert whatever stresses you might have been going through, whenever you become the feeling, whenever the thought affects the feeling in the body and you actually embody that sensation of frustration or anger or whatever it might be, just give yourself a massive break because that is the journey. You then just need to get better, this is what we all need to do, or want to do, should I say, is tuning in sooner. That's all it is. It's just tuning in sooner. And realising as early as you can in life, I suppose, that it is never as serious or problematic as your ego would like you to believe. How true is that? 
Nothing. So, so true. So when we're discussing, and you said this before the show, how stressed you were about the size of your bush, <laughs> that it doesn't matter, dude. Let it grow. If it's stressing you out, just let it grow. If you, if you want. <laughs> I just Don't you had dare to, start singing the I, song. I just had to put it off. Oh, let it grow. Let it grow. Let your bush grow. Oh, my God, Will. You, actually, you are not you, <laughs> getting on whatever X Factor there is. <laughs> You actually put that in my brain because you said don't. Don't ever say don't to me. Don't think about pink elephants. That's it. Don't think about pink elephants. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Segment number three, Mind Body Stoke, things Liam and I have been doing with our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. I've got a real revelation today in terms of buzz. Nootropic, I think the word you used when we were chatting before the show. Yeah, brain Uh, boosting. Brain boosting. Boy, my brain needs boosting. So I have been mucking about with a few things. Uh, but I hadn't had a bullet coffee. I think this is what I'm going to. So for a while, I'd sort of got off the bullet coffees. I'd, I've not been doing this sort of um, intermittent fasting business, and I'd just been kind of living, let's say, normally <laughs> and doing <laughs> doing what I used to do. Whatever that eat is. Eat breakfast, get on with it. Yeah. But this morning, I just went back to the uh, coconut oil bullet coffee. But what I did with it, firstly, my routine was, if anybody's interested, I have quite a veggie, pesky diet. I'm not sort of huge meat eater these days. So as a consequence, there are things that I just tried to supplement to try and replace some of that, especially because we had been pretty intense with our surf fitness workouts that Will and I are doing and actually just life running around, aging, as I've mentioned. There's a few listeners that talk about this as aging surfers. And so started taking a bit of carnitine just to kind of add that element to the boost of the day. Started with that just to do my rehydration, bit of water, some carnitine. And then I had the bulletproof coffee with some collagen powder, some marine collagen. And I have to say, honestly, today, and I haven't done it for a while, you notice then the impact of it. It's been fantastic. I've felt very, very switched on for most of the day. And it's enabled me to go through some quite lengthy meetings without having really eaten either. So it's sort of, I didn't feel the need to then sort of uh, have a breakfast. This was a really interesting hack for me. And I won't do it every day, but that today was a real mind and body hack. And I felt good. Mm. The sort of precursor to that is going, now that the mornings are getting lighter as well, getting outside before I do any of those things, barefoot, just have a walk around the garden, a bit of grounding, as you would say, Will. One thing I've kind of enjoyed, if you like, about this lockdown period is being able to sort of sit with the the natural circadian rhythms that maybe we like to plug into biologically. So up when it's light and start to kind of go to bed earlier as the sun sets and goes down. And just doing that a few times in the last uh, few weeks has really, really helped as well. It's really cool. So that's been my mind and body hack. Very cool, dude. The thing with amino acids, if you take them on their own, they can have some seriously powerful benefits, especially, especially if you're not eating loads and loads of protein. And carnitin is found very readily available in red meat, which has been on the decline in lots of people's diets for a number of years now for lots of different reasons. And so what carnitine gives you is this real brain boost. And it's why you can basically end up having a bit of caffeine, a bit of fat in the caffeine to slow down the caffeine release. That's the whole bulletproof principle, whether that's a bit of butter, a bit of ghee, 
coconut oil, whatever you want in there, what saturated fat does in that way is it just slows down and what's called titrates the caffeine. So you have this timed release caffeine. Caffeine goes into your bloodstream very, very slowly. So you don't get the spike. Now that's really beneficial to your surfing if you combine that with an amino acid that's brain boosting. Because then when you go surf and you and you're fasted, you're having not having to digest anything whilst laying down on your board. If you surf or can surf anything between 7 a.m. and let's say 4 or 5 p.m., in my view, all you really need is good hydration, a really fatty coffee, and a little bit of amino acid. And you can absolutely charge. Here's the other great thing. You also are burning loads and loads of fat. And so your mitochondrial health improves because you're actually tapping into your fat stores, which is even more brain boosting. The whole idea that you need to smash down a load of banana and porridge to be able to get the most out of your surfing is a huge myth. I mean, this has been dispelled for a number of years now, and, and there's lots of great resources out there to help improve your sports nutrition performance. And um, a number of people, I mean, there's guys like Chris Kresser we've spoken about, Paul Check, Laird Hamilton is massively into his um, amino acid stuff and his high fat intake for surfing in particular. Because surfing is unique in this way that it's not so glycolytically demanding that you must take on some carbs. So for example, comparing surfing to like, let's say soccer, football or rugby, these are very, very, very explosive sports. And so some carbs before the game, during the game at halftime, like Lucas, you know, sweet drinks, you know, Gatorade, etc., and then post-game carp, very, very important. In surfing, unless you're in massive waves and you're having to absolutely paddle like a maniac all, the whole time through, it's not that level of intensity. So you can get away with very, very easily a bit of coffee, a bit of fat, a bit of water, a bit of amino acids. So, mate, that's fucking awesome. I swear by my bulletproof coffees and amino acid stuff. I'm actually not taking carnitine at the moment, but I take glutamine. And again, we'll leave these kind of these links to amino acid therapy in the show notes. But glutamine, again, is another great performance enhancer for recovery and all these kind of things. So I take that, lots of hydration, buttery coffee. And yeah, you're good to go. You can paddle for hours on that stuff. It's, it's awesome. All we need now is a little bit of surf. We actually just need some surf now. <laughs> it's true. It's coming. It's coming. Just sat at home in my wetsuit. Keep naked dancing, hold, dude. And hold, I promise it'll holding, come. Holding my surfboard under my arm. There you go. I'd like to talk about mind stuff. In my 20s and early 30s, I would have started to build a hunger for surf when I'd gone without it for a little while that would sort of start to trigger me a little bit in a way. It became this slight surf stress where I love surfing and do love surfing so much that clearly if you then don't have it, it's not super fun. And so I would develop this kind of angst about, fuck, when am I going to just got to get a wave. I need to get a wave. And I think a lot of it, well, listen, let's be honest, all of it is from the egoic mind. And it's part of that mind that says, you know, where is my surf ability going to go? I've not been in for a while. What I've been like when I get back on my board, because it's going to be kooky as fuck and all that worry and silliness. And also that, oh, it's my outlet. It's my thing that I do. And it's the thing where I get release and stress relief and happiness and etc. And we discussed this on last week's show. Unless you can start to develop a number of different activities that make up your day-to-day and your week-to-week that give you versatility and flexibility in your happiness gains, then yeah, surfing can become something you rest too heavily on. And for me personally, this whole flat spell, I've just been so chilled. I felt stoked, happier than I've ever been. I think I'm just meditating. I do have to say that the more I meditate, the better I feel. It just is just the way it goes for me. I sometimes now do two hours in a day because the way my lifestyle is, I'm very blessed that I will see a few clients, but then I have a lot of time and I just Rather than kind of do social media bits or phone bits or, or other bits, I've just 
nah, there aren't any ways. I'm just gonna just gonna meditate over the years and, and certainly just recently as well. I'm just more contented. And I'm also more aware than ever the relationship between my mind and body. And so when those thoughts do come up of like, oh, waves, and I've got this new board, I'm not surfing it, and I really want to get in. And what about when I get in, it's not very good. Or, you know, is it when I'm noticing any thoughts like that, I'm noticing them. And so how would it affect you? If you're there, you're present, you're taking breaths, it just, and even if it does affect me a little at times, I'm there with the feeling too. I'm there with the feeling, oh, that passes too. For the first time in my life, and... <laughs> My family would know I've been a, an insane little surf monger, surf addict for a hell of a lot of years and have been just on it, on it, on in that department. And for the first time in a long, long while, and maybe my whole life, this is a big statement, this, I could go without surf for just a while. I don't know why I don't mind. It just, it's cool. Good. We might all get more waves then. I'll remind you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you I'm going to tell all the boys and any girls that are listening that good, the good news is Will's not surfing for the next the, couple of weeks. The, the thing is, this is such a crock of shit if the surf actually just quickly shut. Oh my God, quick, get your suit on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this whole, I'm so mindful, I'm so holy, I'm holier than thou, goes the fuck out the window. Yeah, I've got a great, you sit on the beach and meditate and I'll go surf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. Yes, if that's going to happen. But, um, no, it's cool. No, it, it has been. It has been nice. The mindful surfer part of that is it's been enforced for me. I mean, you're kind of really harnessing that. Is saying it's not here unless you can do something about it. Absolutely no point getting upset. Not going to help. And getting annoyed about it is not going to bring the surf back. Hell yeah, hundred percent. Have you got anything else you want to share? Not really. No, not on that. I think I've got some bits on surf media. Just some stuff actually. While it has been flat, that we were going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, which is good for the mind is that because we both kind of put Instagram down, haven't we, and uh, YouTube down while it's been flat. That has been good for me in practice of switching off the mind to this kind of comparison, fear of missing out. Because for the first time as well, and I guess, you know, it gives you a sense of how other people have felt when, you know, if we surf and others are not, there have been accessible waves in the time that we have not been, you know, when it's been flat. The North Coast has actually had, as I said at the beginning of the show, some good surf and, and it's looked quite nice, sort of fun stuff that we would get absolutely stoked on otherwise. But life has also got in the way. So the timings haven't really worked. So it's been a kind of, okay, it'll come back. There'll be those days again. And I am where I am. There's no point getting upset about it. It's not going to fix the problem. So that's been a really good thing. It's definitely helped to just dial back the picking up Insta and checking that sort mm. of thing or posting stuff even. We just kind of step back a little bit. Yeah, I'm straight. It's an interesting paradox, Instagram, because it's so much about lifestyle and yet the lifestyle that we want is nowhere near Instagram. So it's a really cool little art form process, social media, and how you navigate. Because you and I are... First and foremost, interested in lifestyle. And then everything else is second. Like lifestyle, balance, wellness, health. Being able to put Instagram into that is about navigating the art form of the how, how often do you post? How often do you comment back? You know, how often do you interact with other people, etc. And before you know it, you're getting absorbed into this thing. And it's very, 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 very addictive. It's trying to find your way through that. And it's kind of like, rather than kind of go, oh, fucking straight. Like, cause I think that the ego does that sometimes where it goes, oh, I don't do Instagram. I don't do social media because I'm so lifestyle and so ego goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. I'm so special. I'm so, oh, the other way is just app, someone's absolutely hooked on it. So it's all egoic mind. But if you can just notice egoic mind 
and know intuitively. And that's what's so different to the mind. Intuition is truth. Your intuition on any area of your life knows what you need to do. It's just, you name it. You listen to this in the car, you listen to this at home, wherever you listen to this, if you have an intuitive knowing for something, trust in that. It is the most powerful thing in your whole life. And when you follow it and you kind of get this feeling, we've had this and I've had this, nah, just, I know it's not a time to be active on social media, as active as we've been, still do the show, but feels really good to just have that little break. And, you know, if you listen to this, you're sort of in the deep end of the show is that... um it was a real dilemma for us to say, we have a presence, but it's not about social media, it's about the show. If we were connecting on a long-form, nuanced level with people who are interested in mindfulness, surfing, and life, that would be enough because the social is really just a, hey, here's some extra stuff that's out there. And I think that goes through, actually, although, like you say, Will, you know, you get lost in the modern world of social sometimes, and there are the, you get sucked into the vortex of just going through stories and looking at people's stuff but really almost from day one of the show and early few episodes to dig into sort of long form stuff mm. like books and films and podcasts and stories and where there is time and space for the real narrative or point of view to unfold and where we sit and listen and don't get lost in like quick reactions and not getting the whole picture before we respond it's almost allows you to breathe and it's almost a sort of practice that we're losing to develop a more patient consumption of media rather than it being a quick fix like fast food mm. versus a lovely seven course Italian feast with your family, you know, that takes all day. It's allowing yourself the kind of slow burn, the slow media, if you like, rather than social media. Oh, it, I love that. Yeah, slow media to say... Actually, let's just just take the foot off the gas. There's more important things because you never get the full picture. It's an important tool, as we've said, and we talk about it a lot in the show, but more important is to connect on a deeper level and listen to the whole thread and the whole message rather than just making assumptions based on however many words or a quick clip. Well, if someone had listened to our show quite a few episodes back, we were talking about stand-up paddlers and how you and I have both been triggered by them in the past – if someone had then heard that, taken that soundbite and said it to someone else, you begin what's called the Chinese whisper of the black yeah. and whiting of how yeah. the world is at the moment. Yeah. Oh, have you heard that the mindful surfers don't like stand-up paddlers? Yeah. Yeah. That's how, no, that's how it starts. Now, the reason why we're so about nuance and we're so about this show and so about podcasts in general is if you actually listen to the show, I absolutely love stand-up paddling. Yeah. I also have loads of mates who are stand-up paddlers and I also have this appreciation that I am the one. I am the motherfucker getting triggered. Mm. So it ain't their issue. It's mine. Mm. Like if you actually listen and get the depth, and th- but this is what a podcast will give you that something like Instagram won't. But it's not to say that Instagram is the evil thing and it's just this snapshot and it's, you know, it should be, oh, we, we just, it's just to say that when you consume media, surf media in particular, because this is a surf show from top pros, brands, etc. you name it, insert what you will. Take it with a ginormous pinch of salt because it's coming at you, bang like this, bang like this, and you're not getting any of that deeper stuff. So if you're starting to notice that when you're digesting Instagram type stuff, that it's not just not giving you much, then yeah, you don't have to consume it. Just, you know, podcast books, YouTube's really good. One thing I wanted to mention too was that I'm so impressed that Ben Gravy 
can do his vlog like he does. Because can you imagine? He does it every single day. Yeah. Seven days per week, 30 days a month. Dot, dot, dot. Insert that bit every day. He is so, so, and I am so blessed that he does that because I love his content. Would I want to do what Ben does? Hell no. That day-to-day constant filming, etc. He's getting trolled a bit now. Is he? He's, but he, he sort of highlighted it and he put it out there. And, and it was a beautiful... Because usually the comments boards of things, as we said last week, just full of vitriol, aren't they? And people say nasty things in order to make their own ego feel better about themselves. When in fact, it long-term does the opposite. Let's put that to one side. But some guy had put on there... There was a comment a week or so ago, somebody having to go to Ben for his his vibe and everything. And there was another guy saying, ah, oh, you know, this guy does he even serve and blah, 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 you know, really negative stuff. And you think, here is somebody who has taken happiness to the world, given it to inspiration to kids and parents and people who don't relate to the next 360 air being pulled off a lip by some WSL surfer and all that jazz. How someone can be annoyed about that shows you the breadth and depth of ego and character and the basic thing if you don't like it is just don't listen to him or don't watch it don't try and sort of i don't know for your own gain take somebody down who's just trying to have a good time and live their best life i really don't understand it it's so true dude no absolutely right guys thanks for joining us oh it's been good hasn't it we love being here we love having these conversations the reason why we started this show is we just loved chatting about surfing and life and we're so glad to have you on board this journey and if you ever want to send us an email, leave us a comment and send us a DM or whatever, just as to how you find the show and things you might want to hear more of, less of. Yeah. Less of, obviously, pews. We know Unity, that. We yada, know yada, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Let we... It Grow was quite cool. Let It Grow. That's good. We'll... Do you want to have a quick go? You... No, I'm not singing. Fine, you re- no, you re- fine. You release Let that. It grow. <laughs> let It Grow. Let It Grow. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be, this is going to be our thread for yeah. a while now. Well, the other thing is, yeah, ideas about things. I know some people wanted to, to review some books or kind of recommend some surf literature and we will leave that in the show notes but um that's already out there things like barbarian days you can listen to but i think we'll come back to looking at little bits of segments where we bring in things that we've enjoyed as we're doing and read and found and and if you haven't discovered it we'll share it with you all you're keeping us stoked listening to this and all the kind messages that you keep sending is makes it worth uh, worth doing so uh, yeah we'll see you next week and hopefully will will have been sat on the beach meditating and i will have tried out my new surfboard correct Thank you. See you then. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.